Science April's Online, a podcast about figuring things out with a focus in ADHD and astrology. Hey, it's April's Online. I have a new microphone. My husband bought me a Blue Yeti microphone. I've heard about this brand over and over through multiple different people that have done podcasts or any sort of form of audio recording and Yeti is definitely highly lauded. So I'm pretty excited. I already did one recording and re-listened to it, and certainly the sound quality is far better than just (laughs) me ADHD rambling into my cell phone. So now it's just me coming at you in higher quality, but still ADHD rambling. And that's, you know, that's okay, because this podcast is all about figuring things out with a focus on ADHD and astrology, if you can call anything I do focusing on things. Um, So I did one recording, like I said, it was kind of helter-skelter all over the place. I re-listened to it and I realized that there were at least three to five moments where I started on a train of thought about something, got derailed to two or three different branches of trains and then I never actually returned to my first train of thought. So I'm going to try to go at this in a more structured approach, I guess. I'm sitting here right now at the end of a week and this week just started off, I don't know, kind of nuts. We moved into Leo season earlier this week. Today's Friday, July 26th. And so we moved into Leo season, sun and Leo, and the moon was in Aries, and it woke me the fuck up. I definitely was feeling really spicy earlier this week. Just, I think it hit around 3 a.m. Pacific time for me, and then um, within an hour or two, I woke up and I had this nightmare that I was really pissed off at my husband because he was, like, going off and doing all these fun things and, like leaving me out of it or I don't know it was really bizarre but I was so mad that I actually woke up like like did like a weird scream and kicked my leg (laughs) it was really bizarre and yeah I just kind of felt this agitation all day I felt it from other people too Uh, my boss had just come back from um, a conference and so everyone was just in this sort of panic I guess trying to just scramble and get caught back up on everything it's like you take time off work to vacation or go to a conference and do team building and fun shit and then you have to come back and double down on the stress that you kind of were taking a break I mean like that was kind of the point of the conference or vacation anyway so thus is the American work life right so Anyway, Monday and Tuesday, Aries was, or the moon was in Aries. And so between that and Leo, I mean, Leo is fixed fire, Aries is cardinal fire. It just was too much for me. I like to brag that I think I'm on the cusp of power, which is, you know, this week between Aries and Taurus, but really like technically by degree, I'm three degrees into Taurus in terms of my sun sign. So there was, I mean, that was the whole reason I got into astrology because I never totally resonated with the Taurus archetype. And I think there's other things in my natal chart that 
that now I figured out how, um, are, are just more in line with an explanation for that and not so much the, oh, I'm like near Aries. There is definitely a truth to that. Like April, uh, Tauruses are definitely more bold and I would say directive than any of the other Tauruses, May 1st through May 20th. But then the flip side of that is like the, the May, Tauruses that are in the middle of the Taurus section, there's actually, um, I think, three deacons, if that's the right terminology. There's 30 degrees designated for each sign for the 360 all around. And the first, second, and third deacon of that sign, they just all exhibit different traits. Like the Tauruses that are closer to Gemini definitely act more Gemini. I would say. It's pretty loose. I wouldn't say that it's like that tight week of cusp of power or cusp of energy or whatever. I mean that I do still identify with cusp of power to some extent, but all that to say is if we throw that away and just look at like, hey, your son is three degrees Taurus, you're just a friggin' Taurus, April. Uh, if I look at anything else in my needle chart, I literally have absolutely no planets in fire signs. So I'm all earth, water, and air. For me, having absolutely no fire in my own natal chart, I feel like it does affect me when there's a lot of fire element energy going on in the universe. I just get kind of fried. I just get burnt out. The only saving grace really is the air in my chart where I'm able to kind of dispel some of that energy and, and <laughs> bat away some of the fireballs coming at me. So yeah, I think Monday and Tuesday were kind of rough. Wednesday, Thursday was just kind of coming down from that. And today I just, I'm just so fried that I did nothing but work a little bit and glue my eyes on YouTube. <laughs> oh my. So yeah, I was very all over the place in my last recording. I liked it because I was talking really fast and sometimes I re-listen to some of my things and I wonder like, am I talking too slow? Because I am very, like I do pause and try to think exactly how I want to say something. <laughs> it's not even like that, I don't know, enlightening when it does come out. But yeah, that's what I tend to do. So I did like some of the rapid fire energy I had in my last recording, but it was just, there was too many unfinished thoughts. And so I thought I could do a little bit better in that sense. I was talking about just my last weekend. Uh, my husband and I went up to Seattle and we went and saw Ali Wong and that was amazing. She was hilarious. It was all new material, which was really cool because... Um, you know, as comedians, they're touring all the time and it's really difficult for them to create new material and then cycle through, you know, create enough new material that they're able to cycle through all the old stuff. Uh, but that's exactly what she did. Like I saw all new material since the last time I saw her, which was right before her second Netflix stand-up special where she was pregnant again, like full on pregnant again. Um, so yeah, it was hilarious. It was a lot more, I would say, feminist-oriented, which is really cool, like less of just the focus of Asian-American, which I also very much enjoy as an Asian-American. And it's cool. The first time I saw her in person, and then this time she had an Asian-American open for her. So last time 
Oh, God. Unfortunately, I don't remember the guy's name. He was Filipino-American. And this time was a guy named Shang Wang, S-H-E-N-G, space W-A-N-G. And he's on Instagram, at Shang Wang time, I guess. Uh, But yeah, so he open for her and he was hilarious i really loved his humor i looked him up i think he's like a capricorn so he definitely has that like earthy kind of dry humor that i really appreciate as a fellow earth sign so yeah definitely check him out and hopefully ali will be releasing another tape to stand up special and, and you guys will be able to be treated to that too if you don't get to see her in person on her tour But I was kind of going off on these tangents because in the news, you're hearing a lot of, oh God, the news is just so exhausting. There's just so much crap happening, like really unsavory crap to the point where I'm just like, am I being punked? Like, am I just on the wrong side here? Are we just meant to actually, you know, suffocate ourselves in like oil and plastic and so that the mushroom overlords can reclaim the earth again (laughs) i don't know i mean i guess if anything i do care about humanity i do care about the authentic humans in my life and the authentic humans i know are out there um but on top of that i i do also want to be more aware and woke about just more i guess there's there's more ways for me to be human or like deeper ways for me to be human that I would like to explore. And so, yeah, I guess I'll just keep donating and signing petitions and maybe even like get off my ass and do some real protesting and activism. Who knows? I'm back in school and it's just, it, it's been... I don't know, kind of mind-blowing. This is the end of my third week back just taking uh, a general biology course as well as a um, lifespan psychology course at a local community college. And I I don't know, it's like I'm seeing everything from from new eyes and I have this new appreciation for people uh, with a background in academia. I mean, just like the shit you learn in a very basic biology class or a psych 100, 200 class, it's, it really is mind blowing after you've lived in the world a little bit and have like a way to contextualize your experiences paired with academic studies and research and, and just also, I feel like probably teachers nowadays are a lot more evolved too, because Um, at least my biology teacher, my other class is online, so I don't really get to see my professor, but my biology professor is hilarious. He's amazing. Um, and he used to be like an active marine biologist before, you know, funding got completely (laughs) cut from that, but it's really cool. And also in a way it's a little disheartening. It's like knowledge really is power because I feel like if everyone even took a basic physics or basic biology or any basic science that kind of gives you the breakdown of the concepts of everything there would be absolutely no climate change doubters there wouldn't be people that doubt that what we eat makes us sick it's it's so basic and it's kind of sad that that basic knowledge isn't out there it's kind of sad that people can like write off claims like that because the internet is just a bunch of news 
uh, media and Twitter posts and blog posts really just like kind of stealing from other blogs and reposting and reposting to the point where everyone can just like write any claim off as like a meme monster or something. I'm not really sure. But if you actually take a biology course and read a a textbook or whatever, there's, there's just like no doubt that we are what we eat and that our environment is extremely important for our well-being. The first time I really, it really struck me like, holy shit, like school isn't bullshit, was when I first moved to Portland, I met my friend, um, and I I guess I'll just call her Tiffany because I don't want to use her real name without her permission, but Tiffany, we would go to lunch and she was a women's studies and ethnic studies major and it was mind-boggling because so she's this white girl and she was really really raw and honest about her family and like her family's mental issues and her mental issues and traumas that she's experienced and things like that and I it was just really great for me because I was looking for an authentic connection like this my whole time that I was living in eastern Washington and even in Seattle and I I know Seattle can be very like artistic and alternative and all of that but I really only experienced the corporate part because that's where I was living in and where I was really trying to prove myself and so I didn't get any sort of authenticity every time I went to the office I just heard talk about football and shopping and those were like the only two topics you could really talk about there So coming down to Portland where it is still keep it weird, although tech has definitely morphed the landscape here as well as it has in Seattle, but Seattle way more so just because Amazon completely built out the downtown area and that's why like congestion is so bad traffic wise and, and why it's like Capitol Hill, which used to be like the gay Mecca and also where, you know, they they brag about Nirvana playing and things like that. It's just, I mean, I know there's still pride that goes on there and everything, but I feel like it's just completely morphed into, to yuppie white bread nation. But anyway, so Tiffany was telling me about, cause she had actually dated a Asian American man. And so she had some personal investment of really understanding his experience and how he moved through um, pretty white society. There's not a ton of diversity up here in the Pacific Northwest, as beautiful as it is. Um, the people are pretty white. And um, so she would tell me about what she learned and what she witnessed with her ex. And I was just blown. I was like, this white chick is is really laying out my experience in such an astute way how does she know this and yes this has been my experience like wow people have been studying my experience as an asian american in you know white america like whoa 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 it it kind of blew my mind and it also kind of blew my mind that i never had to take a single class that would have honestly probably benefited me in terms of like finding a community like I've since heard I I listened to an interview where this blind lady was talking about how how she never really sought out her 
disabled community. And then when she went to college, she took a disability studies course and suddenly it just like opened this new world for her because academia really does allow you to frame things that maybe normally if you you don't know how to exactly talk about it in a more structured sense like people could just write you off as crazy or woo-woo or whatever like all these different stigmas and but then academia like solidifies it really validates it because it's like no people have done legit peer-reviewed research on this shit on my experience as an asian american woman or on my experience as a disabled woman whatever and and here you go, you know? So I have this new appreciation for academia, especially since I've been connecting so much with women who are educators, who have gone through a lot of schooling. I mean, school, the system and the school system is bullshit in plenty of ways, but at least there's there's that sort of structure that, that allows you to have like a legitimate framework to move through so that you don't feel isolated and crazy. I guess that kind of leads into what I was talking about before. I, I, in my last recording, I was kind of ranting about companies and how like in Seattle, me and my husband, we rented these electric bikes that are everywhere now up there. And it's pretty cool because Seattle is pretty hilly. And so they had these like bicycle rental systems before just regular cruiser type bikes. And I was like, how the fuck is this going to work? Like, I don't want to pedal up a fucking hill, especially not on a cruiser bike that's heavy as shit. So having electric bikes is way smarter. And um, there were two options. There was a Lime bike, which I've ridden on a Lime electric scooter before. And then there were these jump bikes. And we rode on them, but I didn't feel great about it because jump is somehow affiliated with Uber. Like, I was able to rent the bike via my Uber app which, you know, Uber has had plenty of bad PR and I haven't really followed up on them. I've just kind of made it a point not to use them because I really do believe in voting with my dollar. So I didn't feel great about that. And it does make me want to research into also Lime because I don't know if they're just like a standalone startup or whatnot. And then also research into even companies like Blue Yeti or Blue that makes the Yeti microphone. So it's things like that, that that I wish more people would just be cognizant of because you can feel completely jaded with our our like voting system and everything. It still means like you should keep up to date because you can really have true impact, especially in your local politics. But yeah, same with companies. Like you can vote with your dollar and it's a dollar to dollar impact. Like what dollar you give is the dollar that that company eats up and then like does whatever they will with that whether it's just putting it towards the bottom line or you know maybe it's an actual community conscious business or maybe you're really helping like a, a local small business or a local artist or what have you so I kind of went on a rant about that because you know like the jump versus uber thing I didn't feel good about that. And so I was convincing even my husband, like, hey, let's just rent Lime bikes. Although I don't know if they're they're a ton better. Um, they're at least not Uber. Yeah, so all that to say, I, I was reading, I've been following this nonprofit on Instagram and they're called Story of Stuff. And I have no idea how I even started 
um, following them or how I heard about them, but they've been promoting a lot of just anti-plastic. Um, they've also been very pivotal in fighting Nestle and other corporations like that, but I think it's predominantly Nestle who wants to, or who, it's not, Nestle's not a person. Okay, so Nestle wants to privatize water, like water, an essential resource for us to <laughs> be alive as humans, as animals. Like, I don't know what they're, what they're thinking about that, but they want to privatize water. And I'm like, that is so fucking evil. And does anyone really care? Does anyone know how to like mobilize for this? Does anyone want to watch like these kind of depressing videos of, of islands of plastic that are killing sea life and things like that? But yeah, so really basic stuff. It's interesting that I feel you can utilize the intuition that you use to, to judge the characters of people. You can also utilize that to judge the characters of companies. Anytime you feel like you have like sort of this sense that maybe this company, like maybe there's reason to be skeptical of them, dude, use the internet, use, search it up. I was going to say Google, but don't Google it. I would recommend going to duckduckgo.com or downloading the, the DuckDuckGo app on your phone or using a, there's actually a Chrome plugin for DuckDuckGo. I'm, I'm just saying this because DuckDuckGo is a search engine, just like Google, where they don't track your data. They give you results just purely on keyword search and not based off of like ad revenue or any like algorithm that could potentially put you into an internet bubble. And you also don't get the creepy side effect of everything you search on DuckDuckGo coming back on your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed. Um, although that might be more if you're just like logged into Facebook, then maybe Facebook has a way to track that. I'm not totally sure. So anyway, you can DuckDuckGo the corporation like Nestle. I just asked what brands does do Nestle, does Nestle own? And there's a huge Wikipedia page of all the different brands. And it's, it's kind of alarming. I mean, it's, it's good to keep up with that stuff because what I found was that there was a, a local franchise that was on the list and it just got added like back in 2017. So it's like, you really have to keep up to speed on this stuff. Like Blue Bottle Co Coffee Company is a local franchise in San Francisco. And I would go there, you know, every time I visited the, the Bay Area. And now I know like, no shit, I can't do that. And like some of their other brands, it's like, I don't, it's, it's just kind of obvious, like ovation and things like that. I don't really buy anyway because they're garbage products, but like blue bottle coffee company, that was, that was pretty surprising to see. Um, I mean, they are bougie as fuck. So it was, it was kind of like high time that someone acquired them because they did that with Stumptown in Portland as well. There's like some New York investment company that owns Stumptown now. Anyway, um, the other thing that I looked up, it said something like licensing unlimited or unlimited licensing for Starbucks is something Nestle owns. So I guess those like glass bottle frappuccinos and the canned like energy shot Starbucks cans that you see in grocery stores, those are all owned by Nestle. So I guess avoid those if you care about, you know, not giving money to a company that wants to privatize an essential human resource that we need to live. And the thing is, is like, 
it's not a heavy lift that I'm asking for. Like I do the lift of, I love going down internet rabbit holes and doing all these, <laughs> this random research. I've always been this way. Just like looking up articles. What does this person say? What does that person say? Can I cross reference everything? And like Reddit kind of makes it easy too. Cause a lot of times the people on there really do care about, you know, citing the original source or for you to actually expound upon your point more than just throwing out random words out there. But yeah, I'm not even asking you to do that much. Like if you really just want to avoid some of these major company brands like Unilever, Nestle, I think Johnson & Johnson, General Mills, I mean, all of these big companies, they're so big that there's no way their quality control is there. And so even if they're not doing something corrupt, which all of them are to some extent, that's that's what happens. You get like so big, there's no way for you to contain it. You just have everyone wanting to make bottom line numbers. And I'm saying this as someone that's worked eight years in the business world as both like a CPA in sales and as like a project manager, as like a digital technologist, like once a company gets to a certain size, there there just is no proper quality control or damage control or ethical control. I mean, ethics is hardly touched upon and, and really advocated for in business school. It's almost just like this annoying thing that everyone has to write a paper on or mention in a footnote or whatever. They are all doing bad things. They also are all probably poisoning you to some extent. Like packaging, the way the product is made, how many like fillers are in that product that are, you know, ingredients that you've never heard of in your life. If you just want like a simple way to avoid these brands, just look on the packaging. Like for food brands especially, buy the nutrition facts, usually like maybe in the bottom right or left or on the side. You just kind of have to look at some of the small print. There's usually a little logo somewhere. It's usually when I'm looking for where the product has been manufactured. I like to do that too, just as kind of like a rule of thumb thing. And I can give you my rule of thumb. It's a complete sweeping generalization and I know it's not 100% foolproof, but what I do is when I buy a product, I like to look on the packaging and try to find where it's manufactured. If it's manufactured in Austin, Texas, in Colorado, in Washington State, Oregon State, somewhere in California, I generally trust it. I'm like, okay, that's great. Like if it's from New Jersey or Ohio or, you know, whatever, it's probably fine. But my rule of thumb is to mainly trust those areas, especially for me. I live on the West Coast. We are like kind of a hippy dippy coast. And so I know that about the West Coast. And also, even if a New Jersey company is great and like ethical and tries to be sustainable, how sustainable is it or ethical for them to be shipping a product clear across the country to the west coast you know like that definitely increases the footprint of something so i do try to buy as local as possible in these you know massive chain stores and that's something i want to work on i want to like start getting in the flow of going to farmers markets and really yeah getting back to to local roots and things like that or going to local roots we we've all started somewhere beyond that like i grew up eating mcdonald's just as much as the next American. So yeah, just look at the packaging, look at where it's manufactured, make kind of like a gut call on what you think about that. 
And then also look out for any major corporate logos because usually where they have the location has like a corporate logo if a corporate or if a corporation is a parent company of that brand. So like when I turned over, what was it? Oh, Haagen-Dazs. Haagen-Dazs. I looked up a, a pint of Haagen-Dazs ice cream and I turned it over and there was, oh, maybe it wasn't the, it was, it was the Nestle logo. Oh God. Yeah. And then there was like other ice cream brands that were owned by Unilever and I know they're into some shit too. So it's just like, I just avoid those. There's plenty of alternatives that are, you know, fine. (laughs) They're just as good, if not better. Sometimes maybe not as good, but also like, at least you feel slightly better about yourself ethically for, you know, not supporting these giant companies that frankly don't give a shit about you. At this point, people, the highest um, killer in America is heart failure, heart stuff, heart disease, whatever, and cancer. And it's like, and more and more I'm hearing about people having these strange autoimmune symptoms. It's just, I don't know. It is what we eat. It's what we're exposed to. It's almost impossible for us to keep track of everything, but at least there's like little things we can do day to day to, to counter all of that. So going back to what I was saying about just really having a high appreciation for academia, um, I wanted to do a shout out to some of the podcasts that I've really enjoyed. Uh, earlier this year, I got in, back into podcasting. Like I, I used to listen to podcasts just to kind of like, it's part of my own ADHD balancing and coping, I guess. I'm, I'm the type of ADHD where... I like studying in like a busy cafe versus a library, like dead silence doesn't work for me. And so that would happen in my accounting job. I would be just doing something pretty mechanical that didn't require like a ton of strategic brain activity. And in those moments when I was like filtering spreadsheets or whatever, I would just get bored. And so I would put on random podcasts. And at the time it was a lot of comedy podcasts. But this time around, what got me back into it was actually my astrology mentor, Dino DeCash. She started this podcast called Serious Astrology, S-I-R-I-U-S, like Serious from Harry Potter. And she ran that from, I think, 2007 to 2012. So unfortunately, she's no longer creating new episodes, but I really love the episodes that she did create. They're just so well done. She has a great demeanor. She has wonderful guests. Most of them are from kind of the same group of people that studied under Stephen Forrest, who's like an evolutionary astrologer. Yeah, I love it. Uh, So I definitely recommend checking that out. And after listening to her, her podcast, which... 2012 damn she is like the og podcaster because that was before podcasts really ramped up i would say anyway so and astrology for that matter i mean astrology is kind of like a big thing now but it certainly wasn't in 2007 and 2012 so anyway i love her podcast she still does some interviews like as an interviewee on the big seance podcast So she did one recently where she talked about Chiron, and Chiron is like the wounded healer. It's a a really big asteroid that, that a lot of natal charts like to point out as a default now. They like to calculate that because it's just grown in popularity to see this asteroid that apparently identifies kind of like a wounded area that you share with everyone 
who's born within about like a year and a half period of you. But anyway, check that out, Big Seance Podcast. It's run locally here out of Portland, I think. And then from there, you know, after I finished out her podcast, I was like, shit, well, what do I do now? So of course I looked up astrology just on my Apple podcast search and found Anne Orderly, who does like a weekly forecast. And then my friend told me about Ghost of a Podcast, which I've talked about both of these astrology podcasts over and time and time again. I listen to them every Sunday to just kind of get a feeler of what to expect for the week. I love Jessica Lignato. She's so great. Um, and then, of course, I'm so obsessed with Jessica Lignato that I looked up Lignato on my Apple podcast and just started listening to podcasts that she had done interviews on. And so I found this one called Sagittarian Matters, which is really great. She uh, is this lady named Nicole Georges. She's queer. She's vegan. Uh, she's into astrology. Um, she's a comic book artist. That's a big thing. She runs her show with Ponyo, her little dog, which is adorable. And between her and Jessica Lignato, I've I really only listened to the podcasts or the episodes where um, Jessica Lignato is an interviewee. Wait, did I even say the name? So this lady, Nicole Georges, she runs the podcast Sagittarian Matters, and I really love it. It's hilarious. Both of them have a lot of Sagittarian and Capricorn energies, which is just a joy for me to listen to. So I recommend that. I also, going again back to academia, this is really long-winded, but I swear I'm tying some sort of dots together. I somehow found this podcast and I'm not exactly sure how. I don't think they had Jessica Lignato on there, but Feminist Killjoy, PhD, is a fucking fantastic podcast. It's hosted by these two women. They met in graduate school. They both have their PhD in like communication and media studies or something like that. And it's just, it's so cool to listen to it because... It's not just like two women. Oh my God, my dog's trying to lick this microphone. Jada, come come on. Back, back, back. Back, back, back. So it's, it's awesome because these two women, they're not just on there sharing just sort of their gut feelings about things. Like they are doing that because they're very pro-human, but they're also extremely pro-academia and pro-research. I really appreciate the way that they make the information that they've like painstakingly studied and researched and other people study and research. I like how um, accessible that they make it. And in general, it's kind of kick ass how accessible a lot of really smart women voices and queer voices and, you know, racial, <laughs> racial people, POC voices. I know POC isn't exactly like a favored term, but any which way, the internet has done some great things on top of some horrible things. And the best thing is that it's provided a platform to a lot of voices that look more like you and me and sound more like you and me and are hopefully like a lot more unfiltered than, than what we're just kind of curated to in the typical media. So I highly recommend Feminist Killjoy PhD. And I mean, side note, I actually had listened to their selfie episode and posted a selfie on my Instagram, which by the way, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at April is online. So my podcast is called April's online and I tried to just do like A-P-R-I-L-S online, but I guess I can't. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because they don't want 
any April to possess online. I'm not sure. So I'm April is online on both Twitter and Instagram. So anyway, I posted a selfie and I tagged their handle, but I wasn't really expecting anything because truth be told, unfortunately, I have found this podcast a little too late. They recorded their very last episode earlier this year. And so I found this podcast and it's still like such a gold mine. I would definitely recommend checking it out as soon as possible. Just so, you know, a lot of the information that they're touching upon, because they talk about current news and everything, it's extremely relevant now, you know, mid 2019. And they've been running the podcast since I think at least 2015, 16. But, um, yeah, so I mean really when when shit has been ramping up, I feel like things have just been kind of going to hell probably since 2000s if not earlier, but like it's we've really seen a lot of people speaking out about the stuff that they see in the last couple of years. So, I think it's an amazing podcast and I tagged their handle in my post, wasn't expecting anything, and within like minutes or even seconds, they commented like, oh, great pig, great, you know, thoughts, thanks for sharing your thoughts, what an awesome picture, and I was just, I don't usually get this way, but I was pretty starstruck, like, oh my god, I can't believe that these women that I am just like, I don't know, I'm... I'm like adoring and also intimidated by how smart and succinct they are. They're like giving me the time of day. Oh my God. And then they went a step further and actually promoted my post on their Insta story, which I was just like, oh my God, is this real life? But yeah, so I feel very motivated to like keep recording uh, episodes even though I don't quite understand what the identity of the show is quite yet. And and also, I wanted to give a shout out to them because they're so kick-ass. And even though that their podcast is on hiatus for the indefinite future, they are still on Instagram. If you go to, uh, I think it's like fkj underscore phd, you'll see them tagged in in like the last photo and you could follow both both of them i think melody her instagram might be private but rachel is very active and she's she loves the internet it's definitely a platform that she's utilizing a lot because she was a teacher and left teaching to be like a freelance creative full-time so she's writing she's writing her memoir um which is going to drop any day so I'm excited for that because I'm definitely gonna buy it and I'm definitely you know happy to see my money go to support someone like that who has given me invaluable information and perspective with what's going on there's just like a way that academia does frame things that you're like yes that is Exactly, and I'm so glad that there are legitimate people studying this in a legitimate way and giving a legitimate voice to it because that's hard. It's hard for people who are pure intuition and pure emotion who maybe didn't have the resources or the motivation or whatever else to go to school and study these topics in this way to get other people to to take them seriously and and speak in a way that is able to prop them up more seriously so yeah 
Um, the other podcast I would like to also promote is my friend Jenna Fox. She was the one that told me about Ghost of a Podcast. And she has this podcast that was called Leo Rising Tarot. And that one's really great. It's all about tarot and she took all these tarot workshops and was interviewing a lot of people that she met through these workshops and so I really enjoyed that Um, but she decided to rebrand herself and just kind of broaden her scope because she's really getting into astrology as well and really a lot of other things she's she's told me a lot about her experience as an adoptee and an uh, evangelical Christian. Well, she was brought evangelical Christian. And so there's a lot of baggage and weirdness around that, which I think a lot of people in America can relate to because we're all like from some sort of weird, radical Christian environment. Like even if you were brought up atheist or whatever, you were probably still affected by radical Christianity. So Anyway, her new podcast is called Minivan Mystic, and that's two words, minivan and then space mystic. So you can find that on like Stitcher, Anchor.fm, Spotify, same places as you would find April's online because both of us at this point, like Leo Tarot Rising actually had a really good following and, and so she was able to get on Apple Podcasts and get picked up there. But now she's kind of like start, starting back from ground zero, although she, her following can definitely get her to like the Apple and Google platforms faster. So yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this and, and want to be able to find me on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, please do subscribe to this podcast and that'll help me out, I think. I think that's how the the AI works or whatever. I mean, maybe this is getting a bit long, so I... I kind of want to pause there. I have a lot of like random thoughts and I I do want to put them all together in a more succinct way so that my (laughs) podcast captions, like my episode captions aren't just like, and I think I remember ranting about this thing and that thing. It's just almost like this weird random laundry list of stuff as my episode description. So I'll try to modify that so it's not just that. So yeah. Take care. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If so, please do subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you happen to be listening on. I'm not really good at this whole internet social media game, but I do know that the robot overlords are monitoring traffic and subscription rates and all of that so if you were to subscribe it'll bump up my chances of getting on more widely distributed platforms like apple podcasts and google podcasts so if you subscribe i would greatly appreciate that and thank you and i will see you next time